Most people think of CVS as just a drugstore, like the place you go to pick up anything from printer paper to pain relievers. Okay. Yeah, where's it? Excedrin, headache medicine? A migraine or something, or just regular? Uh, yeah, migraine. And of course, as a place that spits out notoriously long receipts. I got uh, some deodorant, some headache medicine, some toothpaste, and a little toy for Picasso, my dog. And the receipt is, um, I don't know, maybe a foot and a half. For a while now, CVS has been on an acquisition spree, transforming it from just a drugstore into a healthcare giant. CVS is absolutely a far bigger company than I think most people know. Most of us, you know, know the pharmacy down the street. We might go there to buy our shampoo and pick up a prescription. That's our colleague Anna Matthews, who covers the healthcare industry. But the company is really far, far broader than that and has been becoming broader for many years now. And what the company is now saying is they really want to be more at the center of healthcare. And last week, CVS announced its most recent deal. It's buying a network of primary care centers called Oak Street Health for more than $10 billion. Anna says it's part of a wave of consolidation that's reshaping the industry. I think it is maybe the latest sign that companies are going to continue merging in healthcare, that we're certainly seeing larger and larger companies emerge, and that that doesn't seem likely to reverse course. And you're going to, I think, keep seeing it. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, February 15th. Coming up on the show, what CVS's transformation says about the healthcare industry. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with Global X ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. CVS has modest roots. The company began with a single shop in Massachusetts in 1963, and its name was originally Consumer Value Store. Over the next few decades, CVS bought up pharmacies all over the country until it became the largest drugstore chain in the U.S. But for a while now, pharmacies haven't been the biggest moneymakers. And recently, CVS has actually been closing locations. There are challenges just in the traditional pharmacy business. That business has not really been uh, super profitable and hasn't been seen as a big uh, growth area, to say the least, by investors. So just filling prescriptions for, for patients is not necessarily a good business, in other words. It's not been doing that well. It's not seen really as a growth area. And increasingly, the pharmacy companies want to have certainly lines of business that aren't just about the margins they can make on the prescriptions. In 2007, CVS began a slow transformation into a major player in healthcare. 
It started when CVS bought a company called Caremark that, among other things, helped companies manage drug benefits. Around the same time, it also acquired Minute Clinic, a chain of healthcare clinics run by nurse practitioners and physician assistants. They're located inside CVS and Target stores. The idea is to provide really convenient access to a somewhat limited basket of services, right? But, you know, probably all of us have used a Minute Clinic or something like it at some point, right? You know, you might go in and get a strep test or this kind of thing. And then, in 2017, CVS announced its largest acquisition. Now to what could be the biggest health insurance deal in history. CVS, the massive drugstore chain, has agreed to buy health insurance titan Aetna. The $70 billion deal combines CVS's pharmacies with Aetna's insurance business, which experts say will change the healthcare landscape for consumers. When they announced it, it was a huge deal. It was different. No one had really tried to combine pharmacy and uh, health insurers before. So uh, all of us were like, huh, what, what's, what's the rationale here? So the pitch that the companies made was that, you know, they were going to use CVS's sort of ubiquitous retail footprint. You know, there's CVS's all over the place to be kind of the front door of healthcare. Aetna's CEO at the time, Mark Bertolini, said the idea was to create a one-stop shop for healthcare. He talked about it on a conference call with analysts. And what I want to use over and over and over again because it makes it so much simpler. You know, think of the genius bar at Apple, for example, and this ability to walk in the store and get help. And so I think this is the kind of idea we want to create in the stores. And you know, I think- the way they phrased it at the time is they compared the CVS uh, future that they were going to build as maybe being like the Apple Genius Bar or an REI store was another comparison that was made at the time by the companies. They were going to remake the CVS store into sort of everybody's front door of health. That would be sort of the first place you went for, for your prescriptions, certainly, but also for other services you might need. And the idea was you would these CVSs of the future would become kind of the central place for all of your healthcare needs. Hmm. So how would acquiring an insurance company help bring about that vision? The way they talked about was that the insurance company would have the data, would know sort of what you needed, would sort of know more about the patient, and that could perhaps be integrated with the CVS offerings. Um, And the idea would be that they could give a sort of 360-degree view of the patient. And the other part of it was sort of that they would bring down costs, right? So that maybe instead of going to a hospital or an emergency room, you might be guided earlier on at a CVS. The thought was that it would all be sort of complementary and integrated and, you know, they could guide people's care as the company that was paying for it and the company that had the uh, nearby convenient access. That sounds like a nice vision for healthcare, but wouldn't the company also need doctors if they want to achieve it? And that was a question that was definitely raised at the time. Some people felt like there were some key gaps in the healthcare operation that CVS was building. And the main one I think people were raising at the time was doctors. You know, doctors in the United States are pretty central to your healthcare. They are the ones who write most prescriptions, right? Like that's where you go. Often you go to your doctor. And CVS, although it had at that time and still has many, many healthcare practitioners, people who can offer really valuable services, it didn't really have that level of doctors all across the country. At first, CVS insisted it didn't need doctors. But then the company changed its tune. That's next. 
This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients, working shoulder to shoulder to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us backslash transformation to learn more. One of the reasons CVS wanted doctors had to do with its acquisition of Aetna. Suddenly, the company had a whole new field of rivals. CVS has competitors uh, all over the place. So certainly they do still compete with Walgreens, uh, there's no doubt. Um, but they also compete with United Health, which is the, owns the biggest health insurance company in the U.S. They compete with all the Blue Cross Blue Shield plans, and that's a sort of network of plans uh, around the country. They compete with Cigna, which is uh, also a big health plan. And one thing a lot of its competitors in insurance have been doing is branching out into other parts of healthcare. Most of the biggest health insurers these days are not just health insurers. They are health insurers plus. They do health insurance and then they do something else or often many things. So that is not a new trend and that's been happening for a while. United Health, which owns the biggest U.S. health insurer, is also perhaps the biggest uh, employer of doctors in the U.S. at this point. They have a huge network of surgery centers, doctor practices, and other assets. And in December 2021, CVS's CEO, Karen Lynch, was talking about doing the same thing. Here she is at an investor conference. It all starts with primary care, delivering new and different models needed to support consumers. This brings us back to the acquisition CVS is making now, buying Oak Street Health, a network of senior-focused clinics. Why would CVS be interested in Oak Street Health? Oak Street really did check a lot of the boxes that CVS had said it wanted checked. They are very primary care focused. They have their own clinics. Oak Street Health has a network of 600 physicians and nurse practitioners and 169 clinics across 21 states. What are the advantages of going this route and combining an insurance company with doctor's offices? Well, it depends on who you ask. But um, what the insurers say is that they want to encourage good and efficient, meaning maybe lower cost care. So the idea is that doctors can help steer patients, help guide them, keep them out of high cost hospitals, out of the emergency room. And also they have the power of referrals, which means that a doctor can choose to refer you to you know, if you've got joint pain or something to an orthopedic surgeon, which could lead to a very expensive surgery, or they could choose to refer you to maybe, you know, physical therapy, which is perhaps less expensive. So doctors are to some degree the quarterbacks of healthcare, and a lot of the insurers wanted to sort of have a finger in there. Another big reason insurers want to have doctors on the payroll is so they can influence how doctors get paid. 
Traditionally, doctors operate under a fee-based model, but insurers want doctors to instead bill for value. Value-based care can mean a lot of different things, but the most clean example of it is where a doctor is paid a set amount of money to care for a patient and to sort of manage all of their care rather than just being paid for, oh, you did a visit with your patient, you get paid for that. You did a vaccination, you get paid for that. Instead of that, you just get paid a set amount. Um, And that kind of incentivizes them, hopefully, to do all the good preventive upfront care, uh, to be very available to that patient, to offer, you know, services that might not, strictly speaking, be reimbursed in a traditional setting, but that can help a patient and keep a patient out of the hospital. I I once went to the doctor years ago for, I think it was a persistent cough, and I thought I needed an antibiotic, and they insisted on running a whole number of tests, including an EKG, And I was like, I don't think I have a heart problem here. Wow. I have, like, a cold or an infection or something. (laughs) But they did it. They're like, don't worry. Your insurance company will pay for this. Exactly, exactly. That is exactly an experience that I think a lot of patients have had where you're sort of like, huh, why did they do all that stuff? And, you know, the concern might be that there is an incentive or at least not a disincentive to do things that might be helpful, might not be helpful, but are costly. CBS now looks sort of like a much different animal than it than it began as just this sort of local pharmacy drugstore now it's got an insurance business these clinics it's got now if this acquisition closes these physicians what is this going to mean for the healthcare industry that this kind of a company exists or these kinds of combinations of companies exist it is a change for healthcare right there's a sort of expression like all healthcare is local. And I think that's still true to a great degree, but it's also hard to ignore the size and the scale of the companies that are emerging. Um, just as an example, CVS, which you know started out with that one retail store back in 1963, um, had $322.5 billion in revenue last mm. year. So that's you know, Big. that's a really large, <laughs> that's uh-huh. a large company. It's a lot of ibuprofen that they're selling. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of ibuprofen. You are not wrong. While CVS has reached an agreement to acquire Oak Street, it'll face scrutiny from regulators before CVS can actually seal the deal. One sort of yellow flag that's maybe been raised on that is the Biden administration has signaled that it has considerable antitrust concern in the healthcare space and that they are, you know, bringing very close scrutiny to healthcare deals. So we'll see if that slows or changes the trajectory but it is definitely the case that combinations continue to happen and they get larger and larger in healthcare it sounds like a lot of what healthcare companies are saying what CVS is saying is like that what they're doing is with a vision of trying to help lower costs in the healthcare industry but given the way everything has sort of gone in healthcare in America for the last several decades, costs just always seem to go up, no matter what. So do you think that that is, like, really an achievable goal? Is that really what may happen as a result of this kind of consolidation? I try not to be too cynical. Overall, certainly healthcare spending in the U.S. does always go up. Now, some of that really is because, you know, people get older and people need services and that's just always going to happen. Some of it also, though, is driven by rising prices for certain services. 
Certainly the idea that the insurers bring out as they purchase the doctors and other assets is that they do believe that will increase efficiency, improve care, reduce costs by keeping people out of the hospital. Whether that will actually happen, we'll just have to see and watch. That's all for today, Wednesday, February 15th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Sharon Turlip. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.